What's good, football fans? Welcome back to the Fourth and Mile podcast alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, so, guys, how are we doing today? Well, I think we we're doing, doing pretty good. well. We are um, good. Brady, how are you doing? I know. Yeah, how was your weekend, Brady? Bradley welcomed me uh, pretty big a couple weeks ago on a couple shows ago, and now we got another one welcoming him to the party here. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't get a graphic. I, I didn't do one of those. Maybe I should have put <laughs> up a tough. spreadsheet or something like that since that's what I use on a daily basis. But, no, yeah, I'm excited. Well, tell, tell the people what happened. For those of you that don't know, uh, I am engaged as of Saturday. Ooh, let's go! That's big time. How'd you meet her? Who set you up? Not you. My it's college sir- did. It was not you. Brady. Quit lying to the people. You know dang well that I was the reason you and Anna started dating and no other reason. That's just sheer facts. And if I don't get the proper – Josh you know, believes that he will be speaking at my wedding and there's no chance of getting anywhere near a microphone. We'll oh. see if he even gets invited. But let's move on to our NFL notables. We got, we got a packed show today. We're kind of all over the place. But um, focused around fantasy again, let's start with um, what's going on in the NFL world. So the only thing that really happened over this week was – uh, Ezekiel Elliott and numerous amount of Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans players, I believe, have been reported that they have the coronavirus. And Zeke went out and tweeted. So we know that he has it. He tweeted like hype or whatever that abbreviation is. Bradley would know a little bit more about that. But um, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Is this going to have any effect on when people can get back into their uh, training camp grooves or their offseason grooves? Are they going to be able to uh, get back into their facilities or are we going to be hold, held off for a little bit longer? Well, I think first and foremost, we, we hope everyone gets healthy. That's obviously the first and foremost thing. But when you look from like a league starting point, when a numerous guys get it and they're not even in the facility yet, um, it makes you wonder how late or how much it's going to get pushed back. So I guess that's the biggest takeaway I have from it. If, if they're contracting it, obviously – they're probably not sitting there by themselves. They're probably going to a gym with uh, their trainer, maybe some teammates and stuff like that. Uh, but that's the big takeaway for me. Yeah, I just basically a kind of similar point to Bradley. I was really hoping that there wouldn't be any of these kind of hiccups along the road of needing to you know, go without a hitch. But just hope that everyone ends up being able to stay healthy, make sure that, you know, that's the primary concern is the health of the players, but really hoping we can still have a season that starts on time this year. Health is obviously the first concern. You guys already hit the nail on the head with that one. I think from a standpoint of the season starting, I don't know if it necessarily changes at this point. I, I think as from our, I know we've kind of had this conversation. I don't think they were planning on really having any in-person contact as far as workouts and things go until training camp. So that was probably going to happen already. Um, so, so from that perspective, I think it doesn't change it as much. Now, if this continues to happen, then you start to, you know, maybe you pull it back a little bit, it gets pushed back. But the, the big thing they need to be able to start is accurate and quick, timely testing. So given that, you would expect you're probably going to have some people test positive early on. Now it's just it has to, you know, weed off as time gets a little closer, I think. No doubt. Awesome stuff. So like I said, we do have a packed show today. Um, This last weekend, I had a rookie draft with uh, a couple other team or a couple other guys. Um, And so we're going to go through what, how I did on that draft and we're going to see how the other guys think it went. Um, We're going to go through some fantasy one-on-one. So one of our uh, followers and our listeners, our active listeners uh, gave us the 
uh, Nugget to let's let's explain some of the leagues and give a little bit of information on uh, fantasy football. So we're going to do that. We all did a mock draft and had the same position. So it's it's kind of a mock draft competition. Who do we think had the uh, the best mock draft? And then lastly, the one's got to go. Um, so let's let's jump right into uh, my rookie draft. So uh, to give a little background on it, it's an auction draft. So like you might think, oh, why did you get this guy and this guy? So um, to give a little more background, I I had the third most money or the fourth most money. Um, one other person had a, an extreme amount of money. He had like nine first round picks, and I only had my first round. So uh, some of the guys, the price went. Uh, Jerry Judy went for a hundred and ten dollars. Henry Ruggs went for seventy five. So those wide receivers I thought went really cheap compared to um, the guy that I spent. So I had one guy in mind when I was going through this draft, and his name was Michael Pittman Jr. My team is in win-now mode, so I needed to go get somebody that I thought uh, was going to produce this year, and I think that was Michael Pittman Jr. Do you guys have any guess on what I spent on Michael Pittman Jr.? I gave you uh, Ruggs and Judy's numbers. Justin Jefferson went for 120 Jalen Rager went for $100. T. Higgins, 69 what do you think Michael Pittman Jr. went for? Mm, I'll say around like 70. I'll say it's one, higher than that. I'll say 125 because I think I'll it's say, a little higher than what those other guys went for. I'll say, I'll say 140. Oh, my word. I bought him for 185. I wait. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, it kind of felt like the New York Giants when they they had Daniel Jones's draft, where it's like, oh, why did you pick him six? Oh, go get your guy. I guess that was me. So my cousin, who had the, a lot of money, was was he knew right away that's who I wanted, Michael Pittman Jr. So he just ran him up all over the place. So he was actually the most expensive receiver uh, taken. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Hopefully, he produces this year for me. Um, but some other guys that I got, uh, Zach Moss for forty dollars. Maybe maybe Devin Singletary can get hurt. I mean, Zach Moss is going to get some red zone touches. Wait, are, are, are you are you hoping for Singletary? hoping for injury? No, is never bold, hoping for an injury. Bold I said, stance I, to take. I feel like that just came out of your mouth. That seemed it, like they're <laughs> Devin Singletary. The we love you. Yes. yes. We do Listening, not want you to get stay hurt. healthy. <laughs> we do not want anyone to get hurt. But if if he does, there's a chance that Zach Moss can be productive this year. I got Devin Duvernay for five dollars. I don't know what you guys Ooh, feel about him. Okay. I thought that was that was a pretty good steal. UT. Um, yeah, so I got I got Josh Kelly for a dollar because I have Austin Eckler, so it was a good uh, handcuff. handcuff type thing. Mm -hmm. I got Anthony McFarland for forty dollars. I yeah he I don't know I had James Conner, so I had to had to go and get him as a handcuff too, just because of uh, the injury history. Um, there really wasn't anything else. I had I was the last person spending money because you can carry over fifty dollars. Um, so I just got a bunch of other rookies that were like a Gabe Davis or an Isaiah Coulter, like type players that they might flash, but they also might get cut before the season even starts. So uh, the big one that I wanted to talk about was the Michael Pittman Jr. Do you think I overspent too much? Uh, probably. But like I said, for my situation, it was go get your guy. And he was the last guy available. And I'm, I'm in win now mode. So I don't hate Michael Pittman. I hate him for that price just because I'm not sure who your receivers are right now, but if you're in win now mode, I'm guessing you have decent receivers and I don't know how much he's going to contribute to you right now. So maybe if I were you, I would have said, Hey, I'm going to go for a Jalen Rager who might be good once Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson retires and says, okay, once my older receivers start getting old, the next wave coming in is what I would have done. So maybe the first guy that I probably wanted was JK Dobbins, but 
he went so he got auctioned off before and he went for two hundred and ten dollars. So I was like, well, I can't I can't spend basically all my money. I got to come away with somebody else besides that. So then I I shifted my focus towards Michael Pittman Jr. But yeah, I, the league is set so I there's a lot of flex players so I can play more than three or four receivers at once too. Oh, nice. I think it's a good. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, nobody wants to pay that much for, for where he's at. But I think given where you were in that point of the draft, you know, you, it, it, we always joke, you know, with that, you're, you're going to use it or lose it. So you might as well use it for the guy that, that you want to go get. So but a guy that I want to take a look at, I actually really like the Zach Moss. I, I like that for $40. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I not think, because you hope that uh, – No. Gets hurt. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> because like I, no, because I love Devin Singletary too. But I, I think it's going to be an approved offense. Um, and you know, Devin, I think he has standalone value with Devin Singletary healthy. Devin Singletary is, um, you know, he's obviously really young, just into the league, but he's pretty small. I mean, he, he's not necessarily a workhorse back. So I didn't mean, he, he run like a four, six, two or something like that? Like, he yeah, ran, he's, I thought he didn't run very well. He's for how small he is. He's not super fast, but he's just been so shifty. So deceptive. He's a really good runner. Um, and he's really smart with hey, the ball hands. Yeah. Oh, will you do something for me really quick? Because you said you said it twice, pretty pretty quick in a row. Um, will you say uh, Devin Singletary four times in a row as fast as you can? Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Point proven. Devin Singletary ran a four six six forty yard dash at the twenty nineteen count. Gosh. But he's he's five That's seven. Second faster than Brady. <laughs> that is not faster than Brady. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's uh like I said he's five seven. 203 like he's not a big guy so he's not going to get the rock you know 25 28 times a game Zach Moss I think has standalone value and he's a guy that if something were to happen he'd step in even probably a little bit bigger of a role so I like that one and I like the the Devin Duvernay for for five bucks because I think when you spend as much as you did on on Pittman you got to try to get a couple of those guys for cheap that might pop you never know in that that offense and he's a guy with with talent and another guy who's really shifty. So I, I like those two ones. Those are two probably of my favorites. Last one, and this one hurt me real bad. So on my team, I'll give you – on my team, I had Le'Veon Bell and Chris Herndon. So, like, we've talked on this show, I really like Denzel Mims. Like, that's that's my guy. I wanted the Vikings to take him if Jefferson wasn't there. A lot there. of pieces of that Jettis offense. So, like, I, I couldn't go and get Denzel Mims because I couldn't have a wide receiver, a tight end, and a running back from a team that's going to be a top five pick next year. He went for $35. I was like, oh. I could have, I really wanted him, but you know, I appreciate Jeremy at least backing me up a little bit on the Michael Pittman Jr. The other ones, uh, yeah, not so much. Let's <laughs> let's move into our fantasy 101. So, uh, like I previously said, we're going to give a little bit of information on certain leagues, the types of drafting, waiver wire options, just for for people who maybe this is their first time doing fantasy or they 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 aren't too into fantasy, so we can just break it down a little bit. We probably should have done it maybe on our first episode. But uh, with the feedback that we got, uh, we're going to do it right now just in case that we do have any new listeners. So, uh, Josh, why don't you get us started with the standard scoring league? Yeah, better late than never. So with a standard league, it is just very straightforward. So for every 10 yards for, you know, rushing or receiving, you just get one point. And touchdowns are worth six points. And quarterbacks a little bit different. You get one point for every 25 yards passing. But the big thing that's huge different is you don't get a point for when a pass catcher uh, receives a pass. And so that's kind of what gives like guys like, you know, Derrick Henry or 
some guys that are more touchdown dependent and not very, you know, not a pass catcher. So guys kind of like uh, Austin Eckler is going to be much less valuable in a standard scoring league than a guy, well, then he would be in like a points PPR point per reception league that uh, we'll be getting to at a later, you know, later, but standards kind of, it's kind of a misnomer. I would say in the bill, like in the name of it, because it's not really like the de facto scoring system anymore. It used to be, I would say maybe 10 years ago, but I th- more often than not players like to have more, strategy and more scoring opportunities so standard scoring systems have kind of fallen by the wayside a little bit at least in my opinion do you guys disagree with anything that I or anything to add as far as standard scoring goes I totally agree like five five to ten years ago standard scoring league was basically what fantasy football was it's just evolved from there and I like how you added like the running backs kind of have a little bit more value in the standard scoring league Mm -hmm. just because of of rushing yards are a little bit easier for receiving yards because there's usually only one running back on the field at the time where there's two or three receivers. Um, another nugget for a standard scoring league, if you are in one, I would look for big play receivers too. So like guys who catch a, a, Ty- a Tyreek Hill, a Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson. Hill's a really good standard league, but he's also good PPR. He's just a yeah. receiver. Mm-hmm. The guys who just get long touchdowns and long plays really stick out in standard scoring leagues. Absolutely. So then we can get into PPR. So Bradley, how about you give us a little bit about what PPR is all about? Yeah. And, and Josh touched a little bit on it. There's, there's PPR, which stands for point per reception and there's 0.5 PPR, which means you get a half a point for each catch. Um, so the similar scoring, you get uh, a point for every 10 yards, but the only thing that's added is, is you value the catching the ball a lot more. So guys like a James White might not get rosterable in a standard league, but he's going to get targeted maybe eight to 10 times a game. Um, So he might be on your roster for a PPR league. Um, Keenan Allen, he's a guy that's probably going to be a hundred catches almost every year. He has for like the last three years. So he's, he's a PPR as I like to call a PPR guru. So, so when you get into the PPR leagues, it's, it's guys that catch and do a lot and not just, Hey, I'm going to run a little bit. Um, Michael Thomas is obviously as good as it gets. He he catches 10 to 12 a game. So uh, yeah. Anything else you guys got to add for the PPR? No, just the exact opposite of what I said for standard. Uh, if you have a running back that doesn't really catch the ball a lot, uh, they really need to outweigh them in the the touchdown category. So like like a Derrick Henry we said is really good in standard. He needs to have 12-plus touchdowns rushing the ball to even compensate being in that first-round category. So kind of the exact opposite of that. Right, and historically Bradley's been a huge – kind of proponent of having guys with a ton of receptions which he he's kind of coined the you know team named the gurus uh because of that so who is the first guru bradley yeah, that danny you woodhead were... yeah okay, danny thanks, woodhead. Danny. you gotta Absolutely. tell me who my first guru was <laughs> danny woodhead was my guy year in and year out i would reach for him after the first year i developed that i was a guru it was bradley, where do you go to college <laughs> i hope not wisconsin um did he go to wisconsin no. Where'd he is go? Big, can, can you give me a hint if it's a big-time school or not? It is not a big-time school. Oh, I was going to guess Miami. Shadron State. What? Great, great program. Great <laughs> program. So if you ever hear us on the pod say, like, he's a guru, that's just basically synonymous with being a guy who gets a lot of catches in, you know, a PPR format and is going to be more valuable 
in a half point or a full point PPR league scoring system. Just one more thing to add. A lot of the consistency charts or like people doing like consensus rankings are with uh, 0.5 PPR just because it's kind of a happy medium of a standard mm-hmm. scoring league and a PPR scoring league. Um, but let's move on to the one that I'm going to explain. Uh, the tight end premium league. So this is very similar to a PPR league or a half point PPR league, except the tight ends get double the points for a catch. So let's say you're in a regular PPR league tight end premium, the tight end gets two points per catch um, or a point, 1.5 points per catch. So they get more points for catching the ball. And the reason this is, is because tight ends aren't as valuable as a wide receiver or running back. So they're trying to create more value for the tight end position. So guys like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, they have great value in a tight end premium league and they go a lot earlier. I don't know if you guys are in any of those uh, tight end premium leagues. If you have anything to add to it, I'm just getting into my first one this year and I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, that's kind of what I was just going to touch on is I honestly have not really heard much. I've heard about it, but I haven't heard anyone like be in a league that is tight end premium before we just kind of, you just were talking about getting into it and kind of getting ready for that draft. I'm curious of like how early those, I I know you touched on a couple of those guys that'd be more tight end premium esque, the guys that'd be getting a lot of different receptions, but how early are these tight ends going? Kittle and Kelsey would go round one. Oh my word. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, if Kelsey has 10 catches, I mean, that's either 15, 20 points, depending on how premium the the tight end premium league is. So, I mean, they get so much more like a guy like Kelsey and Kittle who put up great numbers already. Like, so Kelsey is considered like he, you, you can put him in the, in the wide receiver category for like comparing mm-hmm. points. That's how many points he gets. Now he, he's the best, best receiving. Yeah. It's just exacerbated in, over the season. Right. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to go into the last one, which uh, this one's actually taken a little bit more uh, leaps and bounds uh, people are getting it more popular. It's the super flex league. And what it means is you have an extra flex spot, but it, it can include the quarterbacks. So basically, it's a, it's a two-quarterback league because a lot of people put two quarterbacks in there because the quarterbacks can get more points. Um, I really like these leagues. This is starting to become one of my favorite leagues, much of the similar reason because of the, the tight end premium leagues. Um, you get more value from a quarterback position. It's the most, most important position uh, on the football field. So uh, I, I've started really liking the Superflex League. I, I know uh, – we're all in a super flex league. So uh, what do you guys think about the super flex league? Yeah, it's probably my favorite scoring system now because I know Bradley, Bradley and I have talked about this before that quarterback's the most important position in actual real football. And that's not really, that doesn't really project or that doesn't really bear fruit in fantasy football. Because you only really need at most, more often than not, 12 quarterbacks in a league, and you don't really roster, you know, one one or two at the most on your bench. And so in a super, super flex league, you can have really, really impactful position players like a, you know, a Drew Locke or, a, you know, Gardner Minshew that are going to be players that are absolutely going to be difference makers in the fantasy um, spectrum. So it's, I just think it's a lot more fun. It makes it that more impactful players in actual football mean things in the fantasy world. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's go through quick our types of drafting. Uh, Bradley, go through quick what a redraft league is. Redraft is super simple. So basically you do your draft 
and then once the year ends, you start over. Everybody goes back into the pot and you draft again. So it's a, probably a random order. So it doesn't predict if you, how you did the year before. Uh, it just starts over again. Okay, I will go into the dynasty league. It's 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 also very simple. You're building a dynasty, so your team never resets. You have the same roster that you have um, every single year. Um, and then there's a keeper league, so you can choose if you have one keeper, two keepers, three keepers. Some people have like five, six keepers, so they keep majority of their team. Uh, there's two different ways you can do it. You can keep where you drafted or sign the player. So the league that we're in, if I drafted Austin Eckler in the ninth round. Uh, you keep him in the ninth round. And if he's a, if he's a signed free agent, so like I signed Ryan Tannehill, he's a, he's a 10th round pick. Um, and then the other option, which isn't very common is just keeping the player and they serve as a first round pick. So you just keep moving forward. Um, I really don't know anybody that's in one of those leagues. Um, we usually do keep the spot that is drafted. The last one uh, is a best ball. Jeremy, why don't you go through the best ball draft? Best ball is kind of the, you know, we're talking about types of drafting. It, it's a it's a type of draft because it changes your mentality and who you're drafting. But the scoring system is usually the default is about a, a half point PPR, and it it changes depending on what platform you're on, whether it's Yahoo or something else. Whatever, like I said, whatever platform you're using, it might be 18 players you're drafting, it might be 20 players. But essentially, your your best lineup will be calculated for each week, and that that essentially means that this is especially for fantasy users that are, that are kind of jumping into this. This is by far the easiest one to jump into. It's the lowest maintenance. It requires you to kind of have the most fun, which is kind of that draft day experience, and then never touch it again. Uh, there, are, there are really no trades or anything like that because it, it, you, you get the roster that you drafted. And that's kind of why, you know, players that come to our minds are guys like Deshaun Jackson, Marvin Jones, Will Fuller, those guys that have, you know, those big pop, eye-popping weeks from time to time, not super consistently, uh, but from time to time they do, and those guys automatically get put into your lineup. So just an example, the high scores at each position, so whether you got a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex, and then your defense, no kickers in this one, um, the highest scores for that week will automatically make your lineup. So it'll just plug in. So let's say you got 18 guys on your roster, your top eight in those specific positions will be put in and then 10 guys will not score for you. Uh, most platforms, it would be, uh, it's kind of a running total throughout the entire year, your best ball total points. So it's a little bit, a little bit different, but like I said, for somebody who kind of wants to get in, but doesn't want to have to try to manage a team every week. I know we sit and him and how over the toughest decisions between two lineups or two lineups. Some more changes. than others. Some more than others, right, Jerry? <laughs> yeah, some more than others, definitely. <laughs> uh, but it's it, you don't got to wake up on Sunday and try to manufacture a lineup. You just draft and, and there it is. I would say that's kind of – that was a good job, Jerry. I think that's kind of what I thought was the most fun part of fantasy before, you know, everyone – got to be more like trades, waivers, and then just kind of throughout the Sunday experience watching your guys do really well and really poorly. Wait, who likes trades? I love trades. Oh, let's let that be abundantly clear on the pod. To the listeners, halfway through the year last year in our league <laughs> that all four of us are in, we have 10 trades in the league, and Josh was involved in eight of them. I Real. think th – I think that's one of the more enjoyable parts of fantasy football is trying to It's because you're a terrible drafter, I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm a great drafter. I just got great value, so then you later the in the year, league, I'll be able to You ended to the year with two guys on your team that you drafted. 
Yeah, it does. Sometimes that happens. That happens from time to time. But we will <laughs> take a quick, we'll take a quick break here. After the break, we'll discuss the mock that the all four of us did individually at the same spot and compare how we did. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the Fourth and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at Fourth and a Mile Pod. That's Fourth and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. And we are back. So the mock that we, so Jeremy, Bradley, Brady, and I did, we all did a half point PPR, a 12-team league, um, just a mock draft that we got from the fifth position. So it's a snake draft. And we all just wanted to see who had the better team from the same drafting position and kind of seeing where our drafting strategies differ and how they see who won and i think it's gonna be me i i mean it can be more disagreeing with that so um (laughs) jeremy how about you kind of run through a little bit maybe of your strategy and how things went and just kind of what your thought process was as you went through your mock draft and tell us your team and and go through that too i would say yep okay yeah so my my first pick was was zeke at five uh, the one surprise I had before that was Derrick Henry was taken at three. I don't know where he was taken wow. in your guys' mocks, but I was I think we all ended up with Zeke, spoiler alert. Um, but I was surprised to have him there at five. I was happy about it. So I went running back there. I was thinking about Michael Thomas, but running back makes the most sense to me in the first round because you want to try to build that position. I usually go running back, running back, but I had Kenny Galladay sitting there for me um, at, at in the second round at two eight. And it was either Kenny Galladay or Austin Eckler. Um, and I chose the wide receiver position. Then I followed it up with, um, I went running back since I didn't go running back in the second round. And I took Chris Carson uh, in the third round. The fourth round, I then went back to the wide receiver position. I went Robert Woods. Really liked that value there. I think basically we all got him. Um, but I think that's a really good spot for him. I know a couple of us had him. We talked on our last week's show right around that 10 spot. So I think that's a good spot for him. Fifth round, I went Sony Michelle. I felt like that was a pretty good value for my third running back for a guy that could get could get a lot of could get a lot of volume in that offense. You never know with Stidham how many times they're going to hand it off and hope with that good defense. Sixth round, I got Devontae Parker. Really liked that value there too as my third best wide receiver on the team. And then I went quarterback in the seventh round. This is probably going to be a really good spot that I go quarterback this year. I really like Josh Allen there because I think you know we've talked about him on this show, his versatility and what he can do. Um, with rushing touchdowns and different things. Then I went Tevin Coleman in the uh, eighth round. In the ninth round, I went Jerry Judy, a little bit of a reach. I know you guys didn't love that one as much, um, but I really like him there. I, I've been rising on him a lot lately. Um, I Whether it's smoke and mirrors or not with all the stuff he's doing with Drew Locke, but I think it's going to pay off. I, I think they're building that connection. Um, and I think he's going to be a sneaky, sneaky guy. I, I kind of like him as probably my best rookie at this point. Um, rookie wide receiver. Then I took Gasecki, Mike Gasecki, a tight end position. I waited a, a little bit too long on that one, I think, but I went tight end in the 10th round. Then I went Tony Pollard. I got my, I got my handcuff there because um, you never know with Zeke. And obviously we talked about him tested positive, but we hope he stays healthy. Um, but I went, <laughs> I went with my, my handcuff there. And then um, in the last round, I went with Brady's guy. I didn't spend $185 on him in an auction, but I went with Michael Pittman Jr. Capers, nice, nice, subtle on <laughs> yeah, under, uppercut. You. I absolutely love that. <laughs> I got two questions for you before we move on to Bradley's. Do you think you reached on Kenny Galladay in the second round? 
Yeah, I, I'm a little higher on him than and I know I am than you guys. And I went back and forth. To me, he was my my highest wide receiver on the board. According to my rankings, I have him at five. So I, I went with your guns. If that's your ranking, stick to him. Yep. And that's that's what I did. And the like I said, the guy I really considered there was Eckler. Um, that was tough for me to not go running back, running back, because I usually do. But I really like Kenny, Kenny Galladay this year. Um, so I rolled with him there. What's your second one? The second one was Sony Michelle. Do you think that was a reach? No, I actually like that one. I, I, I like that pick. as as a third. Like He's another guy that's kind of grown on me. I know I have him right in that twenty five range, but if you if he's your third best running back, I feel like that's you're going to get a lot of volume there at your third. He's going to get a ton of oh, volume. And totally let's, agree. Let's not forget he was a first round pick when Nick totally agree. Second round, so if he can stay healthy, yes, exactly. I think Damian Harris eats into those touches a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. He could. Especially if he rushes for, what, 3.1 yards a carry like he did last year? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a it different look in New England. It, it, it's going to be way different in New England. We'll see how Stidham does. Bradley, what did the gurus get in theirs with the fifth the pick? The gurus. So, so just for our listeners, a little bit of advice that I would give you guys is in your first three rounds, I would take two running backs, hands down. And I would, I would strongly suggest going running back, running back to start out if you're in that top five range. And because – once you get to that fourth and fifth round, it's really shaky. Like, who do you like? Who do you not like? And you can even argue that even in the third round, when you get into the Devin Singletary's of the world, um, Melvin Gordon, who knows, Mark Ingram. So I would recommend going running backs early. That's what I did. I went Zeke at five. Uh, then I went Austin Eckler. I'm huge on Austin Eckler, especially in PPR. He's a guru. Uh, I went Kelvin, Kelvin Ridley with the third round. Uh, Brady's really high on him. So am I. Uh, so I think he he will be able to fill that uh, wide receiver one position for me. Well, and then if he doesn't, I want Robert Woods, who is my 10th wide receiver on the board. So between those two, one of them will be the wide receiver one. I went Juju in the fifth round and then Devontae Parker in the sixth round. So I went four straight receivers. Between the four of those, I, I think one of them is going to be a league winner. Um, whether it's uh, Devontae Parker, he's questionable, but I don't need him to be as good as he was last year because I have – Juju coming back. Hopefully, he's going to be good with Big Ben. Um, after my top two running backs, it falls off in a hurry for me. I'm just going to be on. <laughs> uh, um, in the seventh round, I went Damian Williams. I, I'm, I'm hoping that in the first eight weeks, it takes a little bit for Clyde Edwards to uh, to get going, and then Damian Williams will slide in and, and get more of a featured back role. On the eighth round, I went Marvin Jones Jr., He's solid. He doesn't need to be that great for me, but he has big play capability on buys. Uh, then I went back-to-back quarterbacks, uh, Stafford and Drew Locke. And just so everyone's aware, Drew Locke's my guy this year. Two years ago, I picked Patrick Mahomes when he was a, coming off his rookie season and play a lot. Uh, he was very good the next year. I did the same thing. Was he? Was he good last year? After? I would like to just point out that Bradley called Patrick Mahomes. I, yes. He, he texted him and said, hey, I got you in my fantasy league. The, can Go you off. play okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what the slander is for right now. I'm just telling you that. No, I'm just <laughs> letting everyone know that you called it. I'm just telling Jeremy's, you that. I thought Jeremy was pumping I drafted Patrick Mahomes in a keeper league in the 10th round. Last Ooh. keeper league, I drafted Lamar Jackson in the 10th round. So, naturally, in this draft, I drafted Drew Locke in the 10th round. So, I would definitely recommend our listeners go get Drew Locke. He was successful last year, similar to what Mahomes and Lamar were the year before they were great. He's going to be good this year. Last two picks before Jeremy tries to pick me apart. Um, 
Dallas Goddard was my tight end, and my last pick was Nikhil Harry, who hopefully can bounce back from a disappointing rookie year. I, you didn't give me enough credit. I'm not. I'm not going to pick you apart. I <laughs> I love the first two picks. It's like I, I hemmed and hot over Eckler there at, at my second selection. So I like those. I love Calvin Ridley. I love Robert Woods. I actually love Juju, and I love you getting him in the fifth round. But I I question it only because of your third running back. I'd be curious who who would have been the best running back at that point. Um, where Juju was selected? Juju. It was Raheem Mostert was the next one. Yeah, that that's a tough Jonathan, call. Jonathan Taylor was the running back after that, so maybe Jonathan Taylor would have been the best the best bet, but I wanted to fill out my starting roster before I went to the bench is what my thought process was. Yeah, I mean, the top, the top part of your team looks fantastic. I mean, those four wide receivers and those two guys, the tough part is going to be if you hit a bye week or whatever, or you get an injured injury bug there not gonna happen that hurts but um, (laughs) nobody on the gurus gets hurt (laughs) i love the drew lock pick too by the way love it well brother i don't really have much to say about yours being that our first round pick or like our first five round picks were basically the same so we were we were thinking the exact same i'll I'll go through mine yeah they're twins it's almost like they're twins or something classic um so like Bradley said, you try to get a running back at, or two running backs in your first three rounds. I like to get them back to back, but it, it, obviously if somebody falls, like Jeremy said, Galladay was his guy. He went and got him in the second round. But I went uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler I'm probably going to have in every one of my leagues. I might overpay for him. Um, Kelvin Ridley, I, like I said last week, he was my, he's my wide receiver seven, so I went and got him in the third round. Uh, Robert Woods, and then this is where Bradley and I changed. So in the fifth round, I got OBJ. Uh, I'm, I love OBJ this year. I think he's going to be awesome. Just because they're running offense doesn't mean he's not going to get the targets. I mean, his talent he, he's an unbelievable talent, and last year he was a little bit banged up too. So I'm hoping he's healthy and can be awesome. Uh, Matt Ryan, I told you guys how I feel about the uh, Atlanta Falcons offense. I stacked the wide receiver quarterback there. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I got Brandon Cooks in the seventh round. I know we were a little bit harsh, or we've always been a little bit harsh on the Houston Texans. Somebody, somebody's got to catch the ball from Deshaun Watson. It, Will Fuller's going to get hurt. We don't know about Kenny Stills. Randall Cobb's just not very good. Um, so uh, I think Brandon Cook's going to be awesome this year. I, I think he could be a, a league winner. We're going to have one happy Texan listener after this episode. <laughs> yes, we are. So then I went, I got my first rookie, J.K. Dobbins. He might not be great this year, but I don't wish any injuries. But if Mark Ingram does get hurt, J.K. Dobbins is going to be awesome this year. He Top 15 running back, if that's the case. Uh, Latavius Murray, same thing. If Kamara's history of getting hurt, Murray's going to be a, a running back one. He, he's proven that. He's just a touchdown machine. This is where I went tight ends. Um, I guess I have the Atlanta Falcons offense. I took Hayden Hurst. I, I really like him this year. And then I went to Mike Gesicki, just a freak athlete. So if Hurst doesn't pan out from that trade that they had, I think Gesicki last year had a really good end of the year. And then my last pick, I, I tweeted this out to one of our followers, Brian Harris, um, when he followed up on the, the late round between, remind me of the guys, Corey Davis and Devin Funches. I said, I mean, t- take a look at Deshaun Jackson. I, I think if he's healthy, Wentz is going to launch it. And Deshaun Watson – or Deshaun Jackson, not Deshaun Watson. He's not going to play wide receiver. Deshaun wow, Watson's not. The, he, probably, he probably could. He right, he's going to play wide receiver there. Like he probably could. <laughs> Deshaun might, by the end of the year, might be throwing himself the ball anyway. So. He, he, he would be wide receiver, too, on the Texans roster, probably. Yeah. But no, Brady I, I, I like Deshaun Jackson. 
I don't run as fast as him. I can already guarantee that one. I don't run a 40 <laughs> like he does. Josh, Josh why don't you, uh, you give us yours? I started the same way in the first round that all three of you have. And then I actually got Kenyon Drake in the second round. He Wow, shocker. A KD huge Kenny, is an AZ. <laughs> KD in AZ. He's about to pop off next year, and I'm absolutely here for it. Getting, getting him in the second round, I was elated. He was drafted 3-4 in my draft. It's tough. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because your second-round pick I got in the third round, Kenny Galladay, nice. that I felt super good about that value. And Great value. In my fourth round, I was absolutely heartbroken because I was – honestly, I was debating between DJ Moore and Kenny Galladay in the third round. And I ended up thinking, okay, Kenny Galladay has a higher ADP, more likely to go earlier than a DJ Moore. Maybe he'll squeak back to me. And the pick before I ended up taking Robert Woods, DJ Moore was selected. And not happy about that, but having a guy with such a high floor, I think is a really, really great attribute in a wide receiver too. And then in the fifth round, I got Juju Smith-Schuster, got with a really high floor or I'm sorry, with a really high ceiling. Fans of getting back to his, you know, two seasons ago uh, form, I think that's going to be really great with him and uh, Ben coming back. Sony Michelle, um, sorry, Jeremy, I'm just going to have to poke at you again here. You got him in the fifth. I felt really good about getting him in the sixth. Nice. Getting, having him be my, Great value. Great value. Great value. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is it, where Josh's team drops off. Yep. Okay, so I like Sony Michelle as my running back three there. And then my strategy is getting running backs rookie strategy. Good getting rookie running backs late in the draft because they won't be able they typically won't get your value in the first half of the year. But then they will yeah, this is this is a redraft league for everyone that's listening. I understand that, yes. And so then in order to ensure I made the mistake of giving up on the Eagles running back. Oh, my word, help me out. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. I drafted him with that same mindset, and I ended up dra- dropping him in like week six or seven, ends up popping off the last half of the year. That's very typical of rookie running backs. And so I think being able to play the numbers game with that, getting a K-Makers in the seventh round and a Keyshawn Vaughn, actually got his name right, in the ninth round. Keyshawn. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to bear some fruit for me. So I got K-Makers, like I said, in the seventh. Uh, my boy Marvin Jones Jr. in the eighth round, super high ceiling. You got um, his name. I, you remember his name this week. That's good. I did. Yeah. Well, it may or may not be because Bradley had the junior when he wrote that in, but it be that as it may. <laughs> so then, like I stated, I got Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie in Tampa Bay in the ninth round. And another kind of guru type of player, uh, Tariq Cohen, I got in the tenth round. <laughs> Bradley, you cannot say he's not a guru. Just doesn't get enough production to be. A he is guy. not going to get that many touches. A One low day. level, Take a him. low level guru. Yes, I will give you that. Great I'll pick, Josh. I tell you what, I'll be happy if you're drafted in my league. <laughs> and then I got uh, Mike Kosicki, a uh, very similar guy that we all tried to get. And Jeremy, I'm going to have to do it again. I got him in the 11th, and you got him in the 10th. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last pick uh, was Gardner Minshew. I thought, you know, him being a quarterback that has a higher floor with his rushing capability at quarterback, getting in the last round of the draft, I think I was pretty happy with. And then even if he doesn't, there's usually a quarterback or two 
that surprises is ends up being in a top 12 guy. So I'll just be able to pick him up on waivers if Gardner Minshew doesn't work out early in the year. Here's my issue with Gardner Minshew. First of all, I would argue that he has a lower floor. He has a higher ceiling than most people. Why wouldn't you draft, if you're going Gardner in the 12th, why wouldn't you draft somebody in the ninth or the eighth, like the Staffords and the Josh Allens of the world, so you can protect Gardner Minshew? Because there, there's no saying that if he doesn't struggle for the first four weeks, that he's out of the job. No, and I totally agree. And that's why having that, if I'm not going to commit to, if a guy like a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, Lamar Deshaun, they're not going to fall at a point in the draft, which I feel comfortable then I'm not going to value that position very high because I more often than not just play the waivers with quarterbacks as is. And then I'll be able to maybe not in one individual quarterback, but I'll be able to maintain some higher level production based playing the matchups. And that's kind of, I've kind of played my hand there throughout the draft and not picking quarterback very high, but I'm kind of banking on being able to pick up some, you know, good matchups like if they play the Lions the next week or if they play just bad defenses like a guy that typically wouldn't be in consideration like a Sam Darnold if he's kind of a Brady shot there because that's your boy but if like <laughs> a, if the Jets are playing the, the Dolph or the Detroit Lions then he'd be in much better consideration because they t- historically and last year didn't have a very good defense uh, so that's kind of how I would play that and that's kind of why I picked him so late in my draft um Daniel Jones went in the 10th round I would much rather have danger Daniel Jones in the 10th round than Cohen Cohen in the 10th round that would just be my I absolutely agree with that I will 100% agree with that I think Daniel we I think we all feel fairly similarly on Daniel Jones that he'll have a decent year this upcoming this upcoming season so yeah so we will tweet that out and see what you guys think. Who has the better team of the four? Gardner Minshew's quarterback is not going to – if you have Gardner Minshew as your quarterback, you are not winning that. But if you have Josh Allen, appreciate your vote. <laughs> I, 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 hold baby. on, hold on. Remember what I told you guys about my ability to recognize second-year quarterbacks and their <laughs> – I didn't know that we were campaigning have, then. <laughs> oh, and, a vote for me. Drew Locke on the team this year. I don't need a campaign for my team. No, I legitimately don't. I don't think (laughs) think I have to campaign for mine either. I think the draft speaks for itself, boy. Brady, you think you're beating Josh in a race? For sure. Oh, my gosh. Let's move on. (laughs) One's got to go. Our one's got to go. So we're kind of keeping the theme of the the fantasy one-on-one. We have four different types of fantasy leagues, and one of them's got to go. So the first one is a half-point PPR super flex league, so two-quarterback league. For 0.5 PPR. The next one is a PPR redraft league. Um, the third one is an auction half point PPR, and then the last one is a standard keeper league. So let's say let's say two keepers, where you draft them, a standard keeper league. Uh, Josh or Jeremy, let's go, Jeremy. Jeremy, who's got to go? This one's pretty Which easy one's for me. Go, not a person. <laughs> this one's pretty easy for me. I, I think I dumped the the standard keeper league. I like keeper leagues. I've, I've been in you know one or two more recently the last couple of years, uh, but I've just really gone away from standard. It just isn't my, my favorite option. I've really started to like super flex a lot more as you guys have for similar reasons. And one draft that I don't get into a ton because I just, we just don't have a ton of people that, that get into them of our friends and you know people that we know is the auction draft. 
I think it's one that requires a lot more strategy um, and it, it drafts a lot different than others. You might end up paying $185 for Michael Pittman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's, it's standard keepers. Got to go. See, when I, when I thought about this, I thought it was pretty easy for me as well, but I have a different answer than you. So I guess an <laughs> easy question. I would get rid of the auction league and just because you might pay 75 for Christian McCaffrey and then the next person nominates, let's say George Kittle, and you're paying more for George Kittle than you are for Travis Kelsey. And, and I, I guess I, I have a problem with that personally. I haven't done too many auction leagues, so I would love to pick the minds of people who do it and what their strategy is for it. But for me, if one's got to go, it would be the auction league. And you get someone, let me just add something. You get someone who would say pays, I'm going to throw out a number, $185. For, say, <laughs> Josh, who's got to go? <laughs> For me, I would agree with Jeremy. I've never actually done an auction league before, but I think it'd be something that would be probably a little bit higher maintenance, especially at the beginning of the year, because you'd have to do a lot more research that you know Bradley alluded to. But I just, for similar reasons for Jeremy, I am just moving away from standard leagues almost across, actually it is across the board. I'm not in any more standard leagues as is. Even, Although I do enjoy keeper leagues, this is, I've only been in a keeper league for a year now, and I've liked the idea of it kind of dipping your toe in the water of being more of like a long-term full year thing where you can kind of decide, okay, do I want, you know, Kenyon Drake in the eighth or DJ Moore in the seventh or whatever. I do like the keeper aspect of it, but the standard, you know, scoring system is just kind of what would turn me off from that. So my one's got to go is standard keeper league. Uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. Mine's standard keeper league and maybe not so for the standard portion. I, I like dynasty better than keeper. And then I would probably go re I think if I were to choose, I'd probably say keeper is probably my least favorite just because like you guys were saying about the auction draft, if McCaffrey goes for 75 and Kittle goes for 125, why can I get Lamar Jackson in the eighth round and, and Austin Eckler in the ninth. So it's similar to that, like I still enjoy our keeper league, obviously, otherwise I wouldn't be in it. Um, but th that one's got to go for me. One last question for you guys. If touchdown dependent league was added in this, you guys keep That's it? Oh my go. word. That's get it's not even, here. It's, it's got to go. Even. I'm you still got, in it. You got to get out of that league. Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, it took second last year. So we're staying in it. Oh boy. Well, that will wrap up this episode of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next week.